Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, where we are well and truly on the road to WrestleMania and hot on the heels of an elimination chamber that none of us will ever forget. That is what we are here to break down today. My name is Jack Murley. I am a professional broadcaster joined each and every week by co-host and professional rugby player, Charlie Beckett. Charlie, we got so much to get into from Elimination Chamber. What a blinking show. What a really, really, really good wrestling show, eh? Um, I stayed up all night for it as well. I did. I did. I slept. I got to bed about eleven. Slept till one, and got back up and did the bomb till four shift, far four shift, and it was well worth it. It was just excellent, wasn't it? It was an absolutely electric uh, three and a half hours, maybe slightly less than of wrestling. And that's going to be the focus today. AEW fans, we're sorry that's been parked for one day because this is all about Elimination Chamber. So let's start with the only place to start, the main event. So much anticipation, so much build, so much hype. We saw Sami Zayn come up short in his attempt to dethrone Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Charlie, before we get to the result uh, and the match itself, let's just talk about the atmosphere, the build, how it made us feel, because that was special. It had proper, proper big fight field in it. And you see the press conferences, Sami, after where he's talking about the city coming behind their fight and that sort of thing. And talking about the the uh, likenesses to NGSP for in MMA in Montreal. And it really did feel like, it felt like the whole city was swelling behind their fight from the, the, the stuff in the week online to Friday Night Smackdown to my word when he walked out there. It was just, it was electric. It was such, such a lightning in a bottle sort of atmosphere. If you don't understand why people like wrestling, let's take you from the Thursday through to the visual pin that Sammy got on Roman Reigns, which we'll talk about in a bit. But if you'd just isolate that period of time and show it to a non-wrestling fan, I don't see how they couldn't be intrigued by the product. I don't see how they couldn't want to want to watch more. It was exactly what re- makes wrestling special. Yeah, I don't know how you could see that and not want to be a part of it, not want to be like, I want to be watching what they're watching, investing what they're investing. Everyone was just so, so organically invested in this storyline that we all wanted the same results, but all probably knew in our heart of hearts we weren't going to get. Let's talk about that video package that, that they put out, WWE, about four minutes, Ariel Hawani uh, narrating it just so good looking at the wrestling history of Montreal, leaning into the screw job finish, leaning into the idea that actually you've got a situation where a city is known for bad wrestling results. Let's write that wrong. And just another layer on top of an already multi-layered storyline. I, I, I was so hyped. I sent it to you and I think you were out and you were like, I need to see this. Yeah, it, it was an absolute masterpiece of a promo package. And it was very cleverly done having a Montreal native in Ariel Hawani narrating it and really getting passionate about it. And he was very prominent over the whole weekend. Um, and it just, I, I saw that and I was like, he's winning. I was like, he's winning. Sammy's winning this. They're going to pull the trigger. And things like that genuinely sucked me into thinking Sammy was going to win. I was trying to think, when have we been here before with this Triple H formula? And we were here for Clash at the Castle. Mm. And we probably felt that more because of Drew, but they absolutely have nailed this formula of making us all believe that this could be the night. And we know every other night that Roman's going to win, but this night could be the time he's dethroned. And it is fantastic. I mean, I don't know how many hometown heroes that WWE have got to burn through to get, get these stories up and running, but give me this all the time. I love it. Yeah, it's such a... 
natural and organic story to tell. And then once the crowd properly get behind it, it just it builds or it makes for an incredible, natural, unbelievable atmosphere in the arena. So let's talk about some of the key aspects of the match. Here are just the things I noted down. They didn't touch for six minutes at the start of the match. The bell rang and they did absolutely nothing. Roman's trash talking to Sammy and his wife. Everything Roman Reigns did in that match showed to me why I am now all in on him being an all-time great. Roman Reigns has not got the credit for what he has done in this bloodline story, which I know is daft because he's a leader of it. But Roman Reigns showed to me in Montreal why he is an all-time great. Yeah, his his trash talk to Sammy's wife. Also, Sammy is an incredibly, incredibly private man. Is I don't think we've seen, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we've seen his wife oh. reference to his family ever before on WWE television. So to have that was huge. For him to trust Roman enough to engage with his uh, wife on television was massive. Uh, and then the fact that Roman thought that's what he'd do, he'd just go and abuse a man's wife for no reason other than the fact she's his wife was just sickeningly evil, but exactly what he should be doing. He's someone tweeting again. I've gone back to my usual ways, I've not noted down who it was, so I'm sorry. Just tweet like Roman's not a wrestling heel anymore, Roman is a movie villain, mm. and he's just a bad guy. Here's a question for you Would we have got this version of Roman Reigns without a global pandemic shutting down arenas for X amount of years? Because I look at everything I loved in that match. Firstly, this version of Roman. Secondly, him with Heyman. Thirdly, the fact that he feels comfortable slowing right down and talking to his opponents, which we saw all the time in the Thunderdome. And I was thinking all those things have come together to give us this Roman Reigns. It's a really good question. I, I think we would have got to this level of him at some point, but like the slowing it down, the talking, he could hone those skills in the Thunderdome because you had to because you'd be very well heard on. There was no crowd noise, obviously. So I think it definitely helped. I don't think we'd ever have quite the same version. I think they would have pulled the trigger on a heel Roman and putting him with Heyman, but it was just lightning in a bottle that happened during the pandemic. And then he, to make it more interesting, you had to have more character because you couldn't feed off the crowd and his character work has just been outstanding. I need to go back and watch this whole match again because just I, I I fell in love with Roman Reigns even more in this match. Just the way he had that crowd in the palm of his hands. For a moment, we maybe thought Sami Zayn was going to get the victory. That false finish and then the visual, I don't know what we got up to, seven count where yeah. Sami pinned Roman. You knew in that moment he wasn't going to get it done, but still I believed it was just exceptional. Oh, it was very, very cleverly done. I do have one issue, though. Of I don't understand WWE's concepts, rules, or regulations on when a ref goes down, when they send another one out. Mm. Because the first time one went down, one came out very quickly. The second time, it was about 10 minutes. <laughs> maybe what, what, just, what's going on backstage? Maybe they just only have the two, and they're like... That's it, just left. two refs. We, we've just got... We, we've run out entirely. And... How often have we seen two ref bumps in a WWE main event recently? I, I can't think of many times, but it but it worked. An, an all-time ref bump as well, onto the apron, onto the, uh, onto the mat outside, an all-time bump. So let's talk about the finish and then the outcome. Jey Uso comes out, as we predicted. They essentially reenact the scene from the end of the Royal Rumble with Roman Reigns handing the chair to, to Jey Uso. 
Jay hesitates and hesitates, and then he takes an accidental spear from Sammy, and that's enough uh, for us to go to the finish. What did you make of the end? I don't know, still. Mm. So I absolutely thought, up to the point where Jay didn't hit Roman, I thought, I know what's happening here, and I love it. I thought, Roman, when are you going to learn? Stop handing people chairs and standing in front of them. <laughs> because this is going to be the third time you're caught out by... Um, <laughs> My my issue is coming out of it. I don't know where Jey Uso stands. I don't know. I'm confused on that. And I just don't. I don't know why. If Kevin Owens wanted to destroy the bloodline or wanted to help Sammy, on Monday on Raw he said it wasn't to help Sammy. It was to destroy the bloodline. That's fine. But where was he when before the finish? Like the only thing I saw that made sense was Sean Ross Sapp said, if they tweet that actually Kevin was at home and he started driving from his house in Montreal, then I'll accept it. But he was just sat backstage watching Sammy getting beaten up and then finally had enough. It did. It just didn't, it didn't give me, it wasn't a bad ending at all. It was not a bad ending, but it didn't quite give me the satisfaction I wanted coming out of it, even if Sammy lost. Well, well let's, because we'll talk more about Kevin Owens in a bit. Let's just talk about that point you've raised. We speculated and hypothesized about what the ending should be. And now we know what it is. We know that Roman Reigns beat Sami Zayn. Right call or not, now we can look back and see how it played out. Should Sami have had his moment? I honestly think, yeah. I honestly think he should, and they should have gone to a triple threat at WrestleMania. I just think you'll never, ever, ever have that organic moment again. And if Sami ever wins the title, which I hope he does, I think we'll be sat here going, it was good, but not as good as it would have been in Montreal. The only thing I can see is if they they use the next year to build Sammy even more. And they, if I'm WWE, I'm looking at the Bell Center's uh, dates for 2024, 2025, and I'm putting a, a, an event there and I'm saying, right, that's where we get into Sami Zayn winning the big one. And I'm going to play back into it. Because for me, I guess I didn't need Sammy to win, but the ending with Kevin Owens, let's get onto this because for me, it didn't quite work. After the match, as you probably know by now, we saw Kevin Owens come out and defend Sammy from a post-match beatdown from the bloodline. On Raw, they teased an eventual reunion between Sammy and Kevin Owens, but we're going to have to wait for it. The ending, for me, lacked fire and lacked urgency. That's what I needed with Kevin Owens coming out, and I didn't get that and I've gone back and watched the ending another time to check it wasn't just the emotional reaction to oh Sammy's lost and I still didn't feel it the way I wanted to yeah he kind of seemed like he was walking down like oh I've got this it wasn't the natural fire inside Kevin's that there normally is it just seemed, it seemed a little odd didn't it I, I do agree with that I, I think what it was was I think and I don't fault them for it I think they were trying to milk the moment Here's Kevin Owens. Here's your guy back. He's standing here. He's he's taking the adulation. We're going to get that. And because we're doing a long-term story and we want to, to play out the will-they-won't-they they, Sammy and KO reunion, we're not going to give people everything now. And I understand that, and that's not bad. That's just not what I would have done. I think to pick the crowd up after what we saw, we needed to just get that done. We needed Hellfire and Brimstone, Kevin Owens. We needed a hug in the middle of the ring. We needed Sammy to know definitively him and KO were together. And that would have been my final image from Montreal, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it just lacked a little bit of a feel good to send the crowd home, which I know WWE don't always do. 
but I feel probably needed. We got Tyson Fury singing in the ring at Cardiff. <laughs> which which I still look back at, and I still uh, can't work out how they formatted it. that. I don't get it. I, 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 and I don't mind the crowd being deflated after the Sammy match because, and, and here's where I think we are as wrestling fans. I think we've been so jaded and hurt by previous storylines where there was something really obvious that we didn't get that our, our rushes to go. It's either terrible or brilliant and there's nothing in between. There was nothing wrong apart from a few tweaks that we would personally make for a personal reason with what we saw in that main event. It just, it just didn't hit what I needed to. No, I agree. It wasn't, it was, it was a fantastic match. Like the wrestling's outstanding. The storytelling's outstanding. It just wasn't the ending we wanted. That, that was all. That was all. Quickly, before we move on, mm. gun to your head, one word answer. I don't normally do these questions. Look at me coming, being the, being the lead. Um, does Cody Rhodes win at WrestleMania? No. Okay, thank you. Okay, do you want me to expand on it? Go on then. I feel like you want to. I, I feel that if you're not having Sammy take the titles off uh, Roman after nine months of build, I don't see how you have Cody do it after two months. And I know people will say Cody's story isn't two months, it's a whole year, it's the injury, but it's not. It's two months of build. And I didn't love what we saw on Monday Night Raw, that Paul Heyman promo. I've got to be honest. And no, I, I wouldn't. I would I would keep this trundling along. I think this is so special. I think, And I'm not saying that it can't be Cody, right? I'm not saying it can't be him, but I'm saying don't give it to Cody after two months of build. Do it at a SummerSlam. Do it at a Survivor Series. Build that up. What do you think? I think Cody wins it, man, yeah. Yeah, I do as well. I think, I think it's... I think it's uh... Year-long story. I don't think it's two months. So I think it's since a return at Mania last year to this year. Okay. On paper, I, I know that's true. In your gut, in your way, you feel it as a fan. How long's this story been about Cody getting the title back? It was referenced when he came back. No, 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 not reference. In your gut, if you had to sell this story to people, how long has this been on the front burner for WWE? Well, obviously, it hasn't been on the front burner that long because he was injured. But yeah, it's a rumble. But it's been a story. It's not like it was never referenced. He came out and just started doing the classic like title around me waist. I don't think he was talking about the US title. No, but that's but that, is that enough? Because this is any other mania with any other champ. If Cody was coming to take the belt back off Triple H, who'd had a five month reign, or JBL with a nine month reign, or even Punk with a 300 plus day reign. Yeah, sure, that'll do. This isn't that title reign. You don't get to take it off Roman after just two months. And let's be honest, for four weeks of it, it was all about Sammy and Roman with Cody put into it. So really, four, four and a half weeks, five weeks of build? Nah. I don't disagree, but I do. I think Cody will win at Mania. But do you want him to? No, I kind of want Roman to be our evil overlord forever. I think I think we're in a weird situation. I think we've gone through the looking glass on Roman, where I think you can sit there and go, unless you are certain it's the guy, he's so good, leave it on him. I know others disagree. I know others think that it's about time for Roman to lose. I could take six months more of Roman as champ with a proper Cody build easily. Now, let's just go and beat Bruno Sammartino. Do you reckon? Let's do it. Why not? Whenever we're going to get that close again. Let's just go and beat Samatino at this point. Do you not think for the sake of 100 days to get to the... Give him 1,000, yeah. Yeah, right. but Mania falls in those 100 days. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. to Because to, we got two nights of Mania 
I genuinely don't think it matters. I think if you've got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beating uh, the Usos for the tag belts on night one, you can get away with Cody losing to Roman on night two. And isn't that an interesting story where Cody loses, but Roman is the only one of the bloodline pulling his weight? Oh, there's loads. There's loads of really exciting, interesting story. I'm buzzing for it. We were going to talk about Cody Rhodes getting uh, his main event shot at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. We sort of done it here. Let's just touch briefly on that promo we saw with Paul Heyman, who insinuated uh, that Cody didn't want to be champion or couldn't handle being champion because of the effect it would have on his family. Unusual route to go down. Not, not, not sure why they're doing that. They've been knocking the ball out the park with promos on Raw last three or four weeks. Mm. This one for me was a swing and miss. Yep. It just didn't, this one didn't connect with me. Um, and the only thing I do agree with is when Cody said, Roman, I need to see you face to face. It's time to get him face to face. I need yeah. to see them now. I need to see them in the ring together. And and you've not got time. You've you've not got, when's Mania? First and second of April? Sort uh, of something time. like that. Yeah. Hang on, so, have a look. It's only first weekend of April. Isn't it? Yeah. So we're looking at that sort of time. You don't have time to dilly dally with Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes and, and, Look, this this is probably chapter one of them telling a story that I think hasn't gone as long as you do. But yeah, and, and again, not bad, just didn't work for me. And I don't mind Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes carrying the bulk of the story at any other time, but not on the road to WrestleMania. Roman, you're right, needs to be here now. Yeah, I need to see Cody and Roman interacting uh, in the ring next week. Let's talk about the rest of Elimination Chamber, which we cannot sleep on. We saw a brilliant men's chamber match for the United States Championship, a really good women's chamber match to determine the number one contender at Mania for the Raw Women's Championship. Brock and Bobby end in a disqualification. Edge and Beth get their moment in Montreal. If, if you did what many people will have done, which is skip forward to the main event and skip through some other matches, I would urge you to go back and watch the whole show because it was stellar. Silly, silly boys and girls do that. <laughs> silly boys and girls that it was brilliant um let's get the bad bit out of the way did not like the brock bobby finish at all oh okay why is that a screwy dq finish between two guys like that no no i don't like it i, I, I don't like that at all yeah i i was fine with it i was absolutely fine no that gave me a bit of like ugh, moment I... when i was watching here's what i thought i thought i don't need this to go long because we got a long show nope it's not sold the show for me, so I don't really mind what happens in the outcome. I don't think we were ready for a definitive winner, and I quite like Brock not giving to you-know-whats and just thinking, ah, I'm stuck in this lock. I'm going to wallop him in the balls, and I'm just going to do that. Yeah, and then Brock knew things seems to be attacking refs. <laughs> yeah, bad night for refs, elimination. Tough team. night for referees. That's why no one else could come out. They were all in the hospital. Brock had just decimated them. Yeah. I, I didn't mind it. I've got to be honest. I sort of thought uh, we might be going down that route anyway, to be quite honest with you. Right, okay. It, I mean, it doesn't really bother me. And I, we got a beat down at the end. What intrigues me is Bray Wyatt coming out on yeah. out of nowhere and saying, I'll take the winner. Yeah. What right do you have? Well, Where's that come from? Well, hold on, Charlie. Didn't he win the lights out match at the Rumble? Sorry, yeah, no, and everyone knows that gives you the right to fight to party. Sorry, no, that gives you the right to fight the winner of Bobby and Brock. That was always a stipulation. It's the most prestigious match in all of wrestling. Yes. I, I, I feel Bray Wyatt will look back at it and go, he's had the biggest swing and miss in wrestling of, of 2022 into 2023. I mean, 
there was so much excitement when he came back and and we should be getting hyped for for either Brock against Bray or Bobby against Bray or a triple threat but I just it, it feels like a step down for Brock and for Bobby rather than elevating Bray up yeah I don't understand why Bray's coming into it yeah I completely agree but that, that was my one negative on the show the women's chamber was the best women's chamber ever yes but it was a very very good match and Liv Morgan's sunset flip off the top of the chamber was unbelievable. Um, I love that Asuka won. Asuka's the right winner there. She is, and sorry to cut across you, but don't you love what they're doing with Liv Morgan, who had a tough time of it in uh, Clash of the Castle, and with that women's championship reign on SmackDown, I don't think it really worked what they did with her. And I like that they're making her the iron woman of a division. She's basically yes. like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go post to post in, in the rumble. I'll stand toe to toe with Asuka. I'll, I'll do all these matches because I think that really plays to her sort of scrappy underdog fighting spirit. Yeah. They're doing a very, very good rehab of the Liv Morgan character at the moment after that kind of uh, deflating tile reign. You're right. Uh, Asuka's just really cool. Isn't she really cool? Asuka, Bianca Belair, I'm going to get behind at Mania. Yeah, and, and I've heard people say they're both cold, Bianca to a degree, I guess, but I think Asuka will heat her right back up. And and you just know that if I'm WWE and I'm looking for an opener on yeah. either night, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, that's a great slot to have. I'm, I'm penciling Asuka and Bianca Belair into the opening slot on one of my nights. Here's something I don't understand, and neither of you are fashionistas. I don't understand why Asuka wears those trousers with then like the thong outline over the top on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, everyone knows it's just how the kids do it now, so let's not look into it too is much. It, yeah, is, apparently. Is what's going on? So I, I don't like, know, mate. I like Asuka doing that. Um, Montez Ford. Oh, welcome to the come? party, Mr. Ford. Yeah, blimey. Well, I'm going to say a big old thing now. Mm. Before I say it, I thought Edge and Beth versus Judgment Day was really good. Like, just good fun, great for Edge and Beth. But I'm going to say my big statement now. Best chamber ever. Oh, you think so? Yeah, maybe not for storyline and for the repercussions coming out of it. That first chamber, for example, is just iconic, isn't it? Yeah. But for what was delivered in the ring, in the chamber, I think it was sensational. And I think I tweeted after everyone coming out of it is in a better place. Every single person is in a better place coming out of it. I think that's a very hard shout to disagree with, particularly if you factor in what the chamber is now, a bit like what the Hell in a Cell is now. It's never going to be 2002, 2004, 2005 chamber when it was this rarity. Once it's on the pay-per-view calendar, as you get two a night, it changes what you can expect from it. It becomes more physicality. I think that's very hard to disagree with. And particularly when we were speaking last week going, you know what, US title build inside the chamber, it's been good, it's going to be a good match. It way over-delivered what you could expect. Absolutely, and we'll get on to the actual, what what was delivered in ring, but just look at everyone coming out of it. Johnny Gargano, for the first time since he's come back, looks like Johnny Gargano. Mm. The Iron Man of it, Johnny Wrestling, Scrappy, and all that brilliant stuff. Like, he looked sensational. Bronson Reed looks badass as anything. Looks just like he's unstoppable. Um, Austin Theory obviously retains. Brilliant. Uh, good build of him coming through a chamber is a big thing. Seth Rollins is clearly going to Logan Paul, which yeah. makes complete sense. Like that is going to be very good. Montez Ford, we'll talk about it, I said, but Montez Ford just looks like WWE's next absolute star. Absolute star. And just remind me who the sixth person in the chamber was Damien Priest. 
Damien Priest, who just also looked stronger coming out of it as well. He probably had the least, he probably had the least um coming out of it. The fact that I couldn't remember him is probably the big one on that, but he definitely looked strongly coming out of it, had some great moments. So it was brilliant. There was some unbelievable moments in it. Montez Ford coming off the top of the chamber like a maniac. That um Hurricanrana spike from Gargano to Bronson Reed was scary yeah. until I knew everyone was okay. Yeah. The way they sold Montez Ford. So I was like, ah, they've come in to get Montez Ford. Ah, the 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 door's open. That's convenient. And then Montez Ford was selling it so well. I was like, oh, is he actually hurt? And then the moment that they were pretending it was his neck and they were just kind of pushing him through the ropes, I was like, this man is not actually hurt. If he is really hurt with his neck, this is the worst care I've ever seen. Do you remember when uh, MJF got stretched out of that match with Wardlow and they put yes. the oxygen mask the wrong way up on his Yes, face? yes, yes. I think they got the same doctors in for WWE yes. at the chamber. I'm yes. not sure they have medical licenses. I, you know how you know Montez Ford is 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 such a bigger star coming out of this and going in? Is is I had had sort of slept on Montez Ford a bit. You know, you read the results, you go, ah, oh, Montez Ford, fine. I'm not really following what he's got going on. Coming out of the chamber... I'm on his Instagram. I'm looking back at previous matches. I'm infused by what this guy can do. It sucks for the Street Profits because, mm. you know, they're a great tag team, but Montez Ford t- maximized his minutes. Oh, absolutely. And it sucks for Angelo Dawkins because he's also really good. Angelo yeah. Dawkins is a very, but he's now the other Street Profit. Do you know what he's, all- he's Angelo Dawkins, this is horrible to say, is Marty Gennetti. Oh, poor Marty Gennetti. And he's going to get super kicked through a barbershop window. We spoke for such a long time on this podcast about how WWE lacked a mid-card. For ages, we were saying they don't. They've got the very top guys and the part-timers, and then everyone else is much of a muchness. If they made Montez Ford a top challenger coming out of Mania for a pay-per-view, like if he won won a, a battle royale to get a shot, wouldn't hate it now. Or or if Gargano or Bronson Reed, any of those men. But I want to see, it looks like we're getting Cena Theory at uh, Mania, which I'm all for. I think Theory wins that. And then I would like to see Montez Ford be his first challenger. And I'm all for a Montez Ford US title run. I, I think it's great. I think I think under the radar is a, is the brilliant job that WWE have done developing the mid card, developing the US and IC titles. Controversial statement. I don't think if they uh, had anyone other than Roman as champ, they'd have done it because you had to unify the belts and have Roman not on TV all the time. I think it's brilliant. I think it's just brilliant. Uh, a word for Edge and for Beth for that reaction. I was wrong. There were no bluebirds for, for Edge at all. I completely called that one wrong based on cynicism from the past. And great match. Yeah, everyone loves Edge. And did you see what he did on Monday night? When he flipped. He's 50 years old almost. I know. I know. Unbelievable. I just... Does have to pin, uh, like, I'll never, ever, ever forget the day I died the moment Edge came out in Cardiff. That yeah. is top list of things I've seen live. But you just have to pinch yourself sometimes that we're still watching Edge. Like, he retired 12 years ago, like, with a neck injury that was never going to get fixed. He was done. And then here he is, just living it up and wrestling with his wife. Like, you just, you, you, we've all either have, have a partner or have had a partner. And you're always like, as wrestling fans, you like it when they even engage with you in wrestling. Like my, my other half, when I went to bed at half four in the morning, she stirred and she went, did Sammy win? And I was so proud of her. So proud. Imagine if you were wrestling with them. Oh, oh my God. 
it would it would just be the best. And I, I know people who, who are lucky enough to be in that situation with a partner who does love wrestling. And I'm a very lucky man. I'm not jealous of many things in my life, but the people who message going, yeah, we just bought the sofa, the duvet down to the sofa and we're just yeah. having yeah. a Sunday. Which you think, oh, I'd give anything for that. Yeah. Just a Sunday yeah. on the sofa watching wrestling. Um, So we can now begin to say with a little bit of certainty, the WrestleMania card is shaping up something like this. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Banger. And this is Sammy one you think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say banger or not banger after I've decided. Okay, okay yeah. let's do this then. This right. is my new one. Cody that's Rhodes. the sort of thing, guys. I should probably prep Jack before the show that I'm gonna do. I don't think so. Right, let's try it. Let's let's run through this card. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. Banger. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos. Banger. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Banger. Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Banger. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Got to heat up a little bit, but banger. Bray Wyatt versus Lesnar or Lashley or possibly some sort of triple threat. A little bit confused, but put more on the ring and it'll be a banger. And speaking of confusion, the potential for the involvement of the tag team of Becky Lynch and Lita for the women's tag team titles. Yeah, not sure where this has come from, uh, but all for it will be a banger. And so will Theory Cena. I saw someone on Twitter tell me they think the, the build to WrestleMania has been cold. And I was like, are you an idiot? Are you an idiot? Sorry, you're allowed your opinion, but not that one. Yeah, I don't see because because on the Charlie Beckett banger scale, I think we just got uh, five and a half bangers and uh, one and a half probable bangers, which is about as good as it gets. You're not going to get more than that. That's like that's like a Meltzer six star. <laughs> that, that is going to be great. And, and you know what? Slipping under the radar. How long was this pay per view? Yeah, exactly. That, that's three hours sixteen. Yeah, perfect, perfect, perfect. And give me two nights of WrestleMania at around the three hours mark. Um, because we've still got to find out where. Our main man Gunther's going to settle in. Mm, yeah, um, I'm really interested to see where they go with him. I kind of wouldn't care if they just rolled Sheamus out with him again. Well, don't don't you think? Because you get to the stage three weeks out where they probably look at their roster and go, "Oh, blimey, all these folks haven't got things to do. What's Drew doing? What's Sheamus? Yes, doing? yeah. What are um, they doing? Um, I mean, I'm a sucker at Mania for a multi-man ladder match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine, imagine something like a six-man ladder match for the IC title. Gunther, Sheamus, Drew, Ricochet, Gargano. I know he's on Raw, but ignore me. And um, Braun Strowman or Bronson Reed, another big man in there. Like that, That's going to bang, isn't it? 25 minutes of that to start night two. Yeah, give me that. And also, we should probably factor into the mix. This was rumoured a little while back that we would be getting a hell in a cell between Finn Balor and Edge at the Rumble, which obviously mm. we didn't see, but their involvement with each other is continuing. Wouldn't surprise me if we got a Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania on one of the nights between Edge and Finn Balor. Yeah, could absolutely see that. Um, I did think the Edge-Finn Balor story would be done uh, after Elimination Chamber, and I'm, I won't lie, I'm ready for it to be done. But if you give me a blow-off Cell match, then yes, yeah, I'm happy with that. I mean, also, just love Cell matches that aren't at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Like a cell, because if you does deserve it, it does deserve a cell match. So yeah, I'm I'm all for that. And also, Edge is great in a cell. Edge is great in Hell in a Cell. He might be underrated as one of the the cells top competitors. Um, of all the people who were hated in Montreal, Roman was number one. I'd say Dominic Mysterio was number two. Oh yeah, they don't like Dom, do they? 
What do you do with Dominic Mysterio? I, I mean, you, we're say uh, you go Dom Ray. You go Dom Ray, don't you? Some, some, somehow, if we're not going to do it mania, we're not going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I'd be interested in how they build it because we haven't seen Ray for a while, have we? I thought he was going to come out post match. I thought Dom was going to start beating down Edge, and we're going to get Ray making the save and get a physical with Dom for the first time. Yeah. So I don't know how they get to it, but that's where you go with them, surely. Dom versus Ray Mysterio, and that would that be apart from Shane and Vince, which we don't really count. The first ever proper father-son match. Yeah, because we didn't see Dusty against uh, we didn't see Dusty against Dustin. Cody or Dustin in WWE, and I can't think of that many other father-son combinations. Ted DiBiase never faced Ted DiBiase. Cowboy Bob never faced Randy. Uh, no, actually, um, Vince wrestled Hornswoggle. Oh yes, exactly. Sorry, um, yes, yes. So that's where we are. That's where we yes. are. With it. But you know, I, you say we have to at WrestleMania. I have, a, I have a feeling, and my feelings have been way off recently. So go the opposite direction to this. This could be like the the Stardust Goldust match that everyone said that's got to happen at Mania, and it just never was. Time was never quite right. Yeah, they'd have to start heating it up pretty quickly. Uh, now, I don't feel like it's a hard one to heat up. It's a very natural story, and there's lots of history over the last 12 to 18 months to lean into. They absolutely could if they wanted to, but they'd have to start doing it soon. And we're talking about, and this gets underrated, Rey Mysterio at mm. WrestleMania. We were saying earlier, Edge is you know, knocking on the door of 50, if not there already. Rey Mysterio, I know he started young in Tijuana, Mexico, but blimey, he's been going for more time than I've been alive, and he's still doing it at a really good level. Yeah, he doesn't look out of places. He actually looks better than he did about 10 years ago, I think. I think this is the best he's been for a while. He, he's excellent. And like, we are so blessed. Like, think about the people we haven't mentioned that, like, AJ Styles is knocking about somewhere. Yeah. Without anything to do. Like, there are people who've carried the company in the last 10 years, five, 10 years, who are, are nowhere near our, our front, front, front of brain thinking. That's not a saying, but let's go with it. Our front of brain thinking at the moment. Well, we do a lot of front of brain thinking on this mm. podcast. And I think Dominic Mysterio, bizarre as it is to say, has over the past six, seven months has earned himself a WrestleMania spot. He deserves to be at WrestleMania and he deserves to have a prominent role. Even if it, do you know what? Bring out a shark cage. Whack him in a shark <laughs> cage. <laughs> no, no. Yes. No, I will never, ever be on board with the shark cage. I think it's stupid. It makes no sense. Hang him above the ring for Rhea Ripley against Charlotte Flair. Put him in a shark cage. This is where the world needs to go. Um, Look, let's begin to wrap this one up with everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Something from everyday life is earning the push and something is going back to developmental, something we love and something we hate. First or second, Mr. Beckett? Oh, first this week, man, very quick. I don't think there's much to talk about with them. Uh, Bad developmental is having a cold. I feel like I've had one for about three years now. Yeah. Uh, no, genuinely, I've had this cold for about three or four weeks now. You probably hear me last on last week's episode. I sounded awful. I sound slightly less awful this week, I hope but still haven't shaken this cold. So it's not even like a bad one. Like it's not bad enough to stop me doing anything. Like I'm still playing. It does not stop me doing anything, but I just feel miserable. So um, having a cold is back to developmental and earn the push. Everyone in the world was talking about it. I hadn't watched it. I started this week. It's really good. Happy Valley. It's actually very good. I started series one this week. Oh, Charlie, I can't watch it because it's too violent for me, but. Oh, it's so violent. And I, cause actually, quite uncomfortable to watch at times. I like but then, you, but then you'll watch a death match, Jack, which is people actually getting hurt. Yeah, I know. I'm a complex man. That is strange. But anything with like good northern dialogue, I love. Yeah. 
And she's she's great, Sarah Lancashire. Well, I'm going to go quick as well. Earn the push for me. I feel like I'm treading your territory. Good customer service. Oh, yes. I've had reason to uh, call various numbers to get through to call centres this week. And every time I've spoken to someone who knew what I wanted, knew what I needed to do, could easily do. And it is such a godsend when that happens. It not it? I remember I literally having this conversation yesterday with someone that was a company. Oh, can I name them when it's good? Yeah. Could you tell me off for naming them when I say bad things? I can name them when it's good, can't I? No one, no one minds good publicity. We have to give them right of response for bad publicity. Okay, good. All right, that's good then. So there's a... um. Sports supplement company called Healthspan. So they do like, I get my omega-3s, my vitamin D and my probiotics from them. They do all sorts of stuff. And I've had to ring there because I have it on like a subscription service. It comes to my door. I've had to ring like three times because it hasn't hasn't arrived where it should. And they are the best customer service I've ever dealt with in my life. They literally pick up the phone with about three rings. You say, I'm really sorry. I have this subscription. It hasn't arrived. They take your details. Oh, yeah, Mr. Beckett, we see it hasn't arrived. We'll send you another one now. No questions asked. Done. Amazing. What you want. It's what yeah, and I tell everyone about it. That like anyone says, "Oh, we'll get my supplements," I'm like, "Get it from Healthspan." I'm like, "Get it from there." It makes a difference. Well, there we are. And uh, if Healthspan would like to sponsor the pod, yes, come have a chat. A million pounds an episode. That's, That's our yeah. price because we've got nine hundred ninety-nine thousand pounds an episode as an offer at the moment. We're holding out for a million. Yeah, but it's from the Saudis, and we just don't know what to we've do. We've got a moral compass. And back to developmental for me, and there's no easy way to say this. Sometimes you just don't want to see pictures of other people's kids. You just oh don't. wow! You just don't oh wow! And I'm also that gonna... is huge. I'm also you about to... I know you do about throw dogs in, aren't you? No, but now you mention it. Yeah. Um... Be very careful because I show you pictures of mine all the time. I'm like, look at that auto. No, not so much dogs, but um, Valentine's posts. Oh, and... I, I hate Valentine's Day. And, and this is not a, a bitter one. This is just in gen in general. I would suggest it's not a good idea to put on your social media. Thank you for being the one, because uh, it just goes wrong. You know who would have done that? Vicky Guerrero and Edge, and it would not have yeah. ended well for Vicky. Also, you see some people who you're like, I hear you moan about your partner all the time. Yeah, why are you doing this post? Because that is not how you feel. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, it took a lot of strength not to go through and comment on all of them. And really- oh, if you were that person, I'd have so much time. But if you're just being like, actually, Julia, he was <laughs> saying how annoying you were three days ago at work. All the best, Jack. There have been a couple of times in the past sort of six months where I think I've been due a breakdown, and that is how it would manifest itself, just becoming incredibly snide on social media. Uh, so, look, it's been a heck of a show. We are on the build to WrestleMania. Obviously, we have AEW Revolution coming in a couple of weeks, but sorry, AEW fans, it's all WWE at the moment. Charlie, final question for you. Is this the greatest pay-per-view that WWE has ever done in Canada? Yes, I think so, and I'm happy to be corrected. I'm going to really now say how much I do love Battleground 2016. But this was was the best non-Big Four pay-per-view, I think, since Running the Bank 2011. I think it delivered on everything we needed it to. We didn't like the ending, but it doesn't mean it was a bad ending. Yeah, I I think given the expectations as well going in for it to meet them is more than enough of an achievement. Uh, Well, we are done for this week. We will continue our look at the wrestling week each and every week. Uh, So make sure you rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Keep leaving feedback. Here's Charlie underscore Beckett. I am Jack underscore Murley, and we are out of time for earning the push this week. Thank you for listening and bye bye.